0: This episode is sponsored by Fracht. Fracht means freight in German. Founded in 1955 in Basel, Switzerland, as a freight forwarder, the company has grown and evolved to become a global logistics provider for many industries. Specifically for oil and gas, the company manages the complex movement of large industrial equipment used in our offshore production platforms, all the way to MRO, rope soap and dope, and chemicals. For more information, Find them at www.frockedgroup.com.
1: Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia.
0: This is Delfina Govia, the Chief Sustainability Officer for FRA, a global logistics provider with an unflinching commitment to sustainability and ESG, and where we are collaborating with our customers and our suppliers to deliver innovative, sustainable supply chain solutions. This is part two of our coverage of the World Hydrogen North America Conference here in Houston, Texas hosted by world hydrogen leaders. We have been hearing many solutions to the challenges that are facing the hydrogen space today and the forward thinking and the efforts of companies dedicated to the energy transition. We are now joined by Rich Hamilton from CDM Smith and Wiley Rhodes from New Point Gas. They are here together and to talk about a low carbon intensity hydrogen project that they've been working on and I believe Rich you're going to be given a talk here at this conference in just a little bit is that correct
1: I am I'll be talking about hard debate industry at the conference in about an hour
0: wonderful so what are you all two doing together
1: well I'll give a little bit of background on CDM Smith and then we'll let Wiley talk about the project CDM Smith is an engineering construction company 76 years old Um, We've been doing this for a while now and uh, I have the good fortune of leading the firm's resilience and sustainability steering committee. I've been doing that since back in 2021. I lead our industrial client services team and back this past September we had an opportunity to meet Wiley and his team and, and get to learn a little bit about his project and just this past March we formalized a teaming agreement to work on this project in Ohio. Wow,
0: so tell me a little bit more about that
2: project. Wiley. So the, uh, the project is a clean energy, uh, clean hydrogen production uh, opportunity where we're bringing in 80 million standard cubic feet of natural gas. Uh, we're using Shell's pots, Hydrogen Reformer and producing 500 metric tons a day of clean hydrogen. We're using the hydrogen to fuel 240 megawatts of clean power production and 350 metric tons a day of ammonia. We're using The majority of the power that's being produced to produce 200 metric tons a day of clean silicon. So it's a $1.6 billion project that's being developed on a former DOE gaseous diffusion site in Pike County, Ohio.
0: Wow. And so are you working closely with the local government and the federal government on this project?
2: Yes. So uh, it's been a very important piece, and that's what we started on, is uh, the community engagement, working with the uh, local environmental and uh, leadership in Pike County and the, the four counties surrounding region.
0: So there's clearly in this area of the world, there's clearly a dedication and an interest in sustainability and uh, the energy transition, I think that sounds like it fits in perfectly with your responsibilities, Rich.
1: Yeah, I think absolutely it does, and and I think the other thing that's important about this sort of little corner of the world is is uh, the the work that Wiley has done with labor in the area, um, getting um, not just uh, government approval, not just state approval, but really talking to the communities and talking to the labor organizations to get them aligned with the project.
0: If there is one thing that you two gentlemen want my listeners to think about in the future. And if they were all here at this conference, one thing that they would remember and learn, what would it be? Rich, I'll have you go first.
1: Well, I think the thing that's that's most exciting about this Project Delfina is the fact that we really a, have the opportunity to address the biggest, hardest challenges of getting hydrogen out and deployed right now. And, and so if you spend time in the conference, every one of these sessions, somewhere along the way, somebody says, we've got to have offtake agreements. And then someone will say later in the conversation that transportation is still a huge issue. So those are issues that are addressed with Wiley's project. It's why we've been so excited to be a teaming partner um, with the team because this is a closed loop manufacturing. The, the, the hydrogen that's being produced is used immediately on site. It addresses offtake, it addresses transportation. And that's why we're excited about being able to bring this project to, to, to life in the short term.
0: So gentlemen, I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor. This sounds like a very exciting project where we could probably expand on a number of different things that you've already talked about. I'm extremely interested in in talking further about the social aspects of this and partnering with the local community. And I'm pretty certain that if I asked you, you could elaborate on the economics that are associated with this. So if you wouldn't mind, I would like to, Thank you for being on the show right now and ask you if you would be so kind to come back and do a longer version
2: of this. Absolutely. It would be a privilege.
1: Rhett, Rich, are you bought in? I, 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 think, I think we can make that happen. Love, awesome. to ha- love to have the opportunity to share our story. My
0: listeners will love it. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Delphina, thank you. Thank
0: you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to switch this up a bit with a representative from the California joining us, Jennifer Hamilton is the Deputy Director for California's Hydrogen Business Council. Jennifer, welcome to ESG Energized. Thank you so much. So nice to be here. Jennifer, we talk about the different things that are happening in California all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you take a look at some of the advances and the innovations that have happened not just in energy transition, but in, in a, a broader environmental space, a lot of that innovation took hold first in California and then got adopted by the rest of the country. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you, gain your perspective, and hear, you know, what, how do you guys think about this and what are you focusing on from your point of view from, what's the West Coast doing?
3: <laughs> well, first let me say, I we aren't a state um, organization. We are a 501c6, so we do. Um, Federal NC6, explain that to my Sorry, listeners. 501c6, it's, uh, a, it's a designation for a nonprofit okay. that we can do. A 501, lobbying. got yeah. it. Um, so we are not a state agency, but we do uh, work with and have input to, you know, we provide comment to our state agencies, meaning, uh, Mostly the California Air Resources Board, who have the zero emission vehicle regulation. Huh. Um, These California Energy Commission, who have solicitations out for funding to help get zero emission infrastructure and vehicles on the road in California. Um, and so, but I am a California native, so uh, okay. I don't represent the state in that sense. But I, I'm born and bred. But it um, sounds like you influence the state. We we develop positions um, that are consensus among our members we have over 140 members Um, we are a trade association that represent uh, across the spectrum of the hydrogen community in terms of uh, vehicle oems um, uh, sorry fuel providers uh, station developers uh, component manufacturers engineering firms just to rattle off a few and going to our website um, you can certainly see who all our members are and so we develop these positions and then provide, as I said, comment uh, via a public docket to the state agencies um, and also to legislation. So we either support or oppose uh, unless amended because we want to make sure that the policies that are being put forth in California are um, the best for meeting California's zero. Emission vehicles regulation, meeting their overall carbon reduction, carbon reduction um, goals, and uh, vehicle emissions goals, and so forth. So, um, you know, but there's kind of a lot of sometimes pe- folks at the table on that, and so we want to make yeah. sure that for hydrogen specifically, um, that it's you know the right thing moving forward.
0: So, where does hydrogen fit in to fit into all that? So, you know, in California, they're talking about zero emissions. Where where does hydrogen fit into the picture realistically? Mm -hmm. uh, Where is this all going from your perspective?
3: So uh, uh, the thing that I love about hydrogen is that it can fit in everywhere. Um, I come from a a different organization uh, also focused on hydrogen, um, the hydrogen fuel cell partnership that was really focused on transportation. And so uh, zero emission vehicles are either battery electric vehicles that plug in like a Tesla, or a fuel cell electric vehicle, which makes its own electricity on board the vehicle using hydrogen that is dispensed to it and stored on board. Uh, it's dispensed through a pump um, and a nozzle, hose nozzle configuration very similar to what people experience with gasoline. Um, and but in both cases, a battery electric or a fuel cell electric, it is zero tailpipe emissions, and that is a big thing California is working on because, as you know, transportation is a major source of the emissions that are contributing to, you know, the overall uh, status of things that we're seeing <laughs> with our with our climate. Um, and so hydrogen fits in a lot of other places the utilities are looking at it for long duration energy storage um for uh blending with natural gas and using it you know for end users and various utility you know uh appliances and things like that there's actually blending projects that are happening um around the country and it's you know something that's got a lot of attention on it and of course with the department of energy the u.s department of energy's hydrogen hub solicitation california did submit um, through a consortium called arches um a, sl- a pr- proposal to the doe for california to be a hub um, and we're sitting here in houston texas and texas is the other state that was you know a single state that that submitted to that same thing and then there are other uh hubs that are made up of various states and different regions around the country that also submitted. So everybody's very much looking forward to hearing the outcome of that. Um, We know it's in the fall. That's the most. I know we keep hearing about the fall, the fall, (laughs) which could be all the way into December, I guess. Right. But um, no, it's it's you know, everybody's anticipating this and uh, it's a great thing. So again, to your question, where does hydrogen fit in? In in my personal opinion, and what I've seen, and been in this industry for 17 years, everywhere hydrogen can fit everywhere, and it's not to compete necessarily. I mean, I think there's a lot of synergies, but um, you know, it's very versatile. Fuel cells that use hydrogen are versatile. You can have stationary power with very large fuel cells down to ha- fuel cells for handheld uh, electronics and everything in between. Um, one of the vehicle OEMs we work closely with, Toyota. Um, I don't think they'd mind me sharing that when they started looking at heavy duty, they took two fuel cell systems out of their passenger vehicle, the Mirai, two systems, put it into a Kenworth truck and said, does this work? And lo and behold, it does. And so if you can do that, you can scale that, you know, for any size vehicle. So um, it's just really exciting time for hydrogen right now. I would agree, and there's actually
0: an exhibitor here, I'm not gonna mention their names yet, but stay tuned, ESG Energize podcast, their CEO will be coming on and doing a full episode for us, uh, that they were actually involved in the efforts for, by Toyota in helping them design the uh, infrastructure and the transportation of fuel that is necessary for them to be able to have those vehicles uh, be be placed in service. Yeah,
3: and be able to run. And you know, one other thing, hydrogen's not new. It's been an yeah. industrial gas for decades. forever. Right? Yeah, what's new is some of the uses were well, all the uses. You know, putting it into cars and trucks and buses and ferries and trains and ships and you know, uh, using it for stationary power and uh, grid balancing and all those things. So, so I think
0: that the message that you're delivering to us, if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, is that. Hydrogen is not here to replace uh, a renewable energy or be the number one renewable energy. It is a component of the mix that we're not going to get to in vehicles, zero emissions just through batteries, the the electric batteries. We're not just going to get there by you putting renewable uh, fuels in. We have got to have a number of options that are really going to get us to that. That goal?
3: Absolutely. I mean, I think the the biggest overarching theme is decarbonization. Yeah. Right? Um, And so a lot of people talk about the rainbow colors of hydrogen. We, as the industry, and people that I talk to, that's okay on a very um, high level. But once you start getting into any of the details, it's it's really about the carbon intensity score of the hydrogen that you're producing. And listen, there's a lot of ways to make hydrogen. There's a lot of feedstocks for it. And let's not get caught up in trying to put too much, uh, you know, pin too many things down in the beginning of this market. Uh, let's get the hydrogen made. We can make it now. It's been made for decades from SMR. Right. Right. Uh, people right. call that gray and. But you put it into a fuel cell vehicle, a bus, a truck, whatever, with the efficiency of the fuel cell stack and the zero tailpipe emissions, you still have an overall reduction in Mm -hmm. carbon emission. Um, Do we want to get to zero? Absolutely. You know, that's the goal. But let's not let perfect be the enemy of good. Yeah. And
0: having an organization like your own that is... Dedicated to really understanding the ins and outs, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the challenges, the solutions, and bringing that all together and being able to inform the regulators. Yes, that are going to dictate how
3: we may or may not behave. Yeah, in, in the future, is, is really important. Yeah, our organization, uh, right before I I started, so they they're the oldest trade association for hydrogen, and um, as I said, you know we have a strong membership. They had a lobby day recently um, last month, and. It was, they observed that the whole attitude from the legislators was not, why are you here talking to me about this? It was like, oh, hydrogen, I want to hear about this. Tell me more. Um, which is... Refreshing. It's refreshing and it really reflects kind of the whole, um, you know, feel of this whole hydrogen sort of space right now. Um, so it's exciting. I, I got to go to Sarah Week here. Ah, yes. For I, the first time. I did not meet you there. I know. And it was, <laughs> uh, you know, gobsmacked, right? Yes. I was gobsmacked at just the sheer numbers of people and everything. But hydrogen was all over the place. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to speak on a panel. They had a whole hydrogen session in the, in the Agora. And it was wonderful, but also, you know, and so many new faces. Yeah. Not new companies necessarily some, but new faces in those companies and people coming into hydrogen. So it's it's just it's been a small family <laughs> up until now. We're seeing so many, you know, new players and it's just so exciting. So wonderful. I can't say enough. I just <laughs> want it, it. it is it is very exciting. Yes. It's it's where our industry is moving.
0: So, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us on this show. We are going to continue to keep an eye on California. And when we see regulations come out, we will know that you had a hand in it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There may even be letters on public websites with my name on them. So, you know.
0: (laughs) So, actually, ladies and gentlemen, if you want more information about this trade organization, it's CaliforniaHydrogen.org, and we're going to put that in the show notes. Jennifer
3: Hamilton, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so very much. Great to talk to you.
0: IHI Energy Solutions is joining us now, represented by Aaron Allen, our Vice President of Business Development for this organization. Aaron, thank you for joining me on this show and representing Women in Hydrogen. Thank you, and good afternoon. Start off with who, what is IHI Energy Solutions? What do you guys do?
4: Yes, IHI Energy Solutions, we're an engineering firm based here in Houston. Our parent company, IHI Corp is based out of Tokyo. And so what we're doing in the US is really focusing on the feed, pre-feed feasibility studies for a lot of these new green and blue hydrogen and ammonia projects that we're seeing kind of all over the place here in the US as well as globally. We also are offering owners engineering services as well as consulting and construction management on a lot of these projects so we're very excited to be at the show this week and kind of see all the new projects and technologies within this space? You know what I'm finding on this
0: at this show, Aaron, is that there is the presentation of not just the challenges that we have to overcome in hydrogen, but real solutions to the challenges and to the problems, and I'm seeing that we're coming at it from many different angles, and I like the opportunity to speak to you because you're starting at the very beginning of it all, right? Yes.
4: yes, We are here in the U.S., however, we're really looking to some of the advances we've seen that are coming out of our parent company in Japan, uh, such as ammonia co-firing and e-methanol, methanation, and some of the, the technologies that are really starting to become commercialized Uh, throughout the world and and seeing how can we bring them here to the U.S. for some of these projects that are just, you know, starting at uh, at the start line. Wow. Well, why wouldn't we learn from other parts of the
0: world, right? Bring that here. So do you have an example of maybe a fun or exciting project that you guys brought to help bring to life?
4: Yes. um, So we have been very involved with some of the work that Woodside is doing in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, We're currently working on a project with them evaluating some green ammonia and things that are going on in that part of the world. Uh, We're also very excited to be finishing up some feed studies for Wabash uh, for hydrogen and ammonia here in the U.S., so really, starting to see projects move just from that initial feasibility study and starting that engineering process um, that takes quite a long a time, long time. To, <laughs> to progress.
0: That's actually a good a good question. Do you have a sense? And I know you're you're the business development um, BP. Do you have a sense to the life cycle and how long it takes from when you guys get involved, to actually seeing ground being broken?
4: So what we're seeing right now is these initial studies are somewhere around um, two to three months just for your basic feasibility, a pre-feed being somewhere around, let's call it four months, uh, with a full feed going anywhere from six to eight. Um, After that, the detailed design and procurement process can take anywhere from a year to two so really that looking to make sure that you have a good solid three years to make sure that all Ah, of these studies um, are being executed not only for the investors but um, for governments funds uh, uh, all the different players and stakeholders of a project
0: what is your personal outlook for this particular market
4: I think here when we get a little bit more clarity, hopefully in the fall, coming from the government on some of the tax credits, that it's really going to move forward some of these conceptual ideas into real projects. And we hope, IHI Energy Solutions hopes to be uh, one of the firms that people trust here in the U.S. to bring that uh, ammonia and hydrogen process experience. Well, it sounds to me like you guys are extremely well positioned for that. So we are going to include
0: your website, the IHI-ES.com in our show notes. Aaron, thank you very much for joining me on ESG Energize. Thank you. Thank you very much. Gid Herman from H2SCAN has sat down at the OGGN podcast table. And you are the director of sales and business development for H2SCAN. Tell us about
5: H2SCAN. What do you guys do? So H2Scan makes a hydrogen analyzer that's used to measure hydrogen in process applications. Uh, so we're becoming a uh, pretty key player here in the hydrogen economy, you know, measuring hydrogen wherever it's produced, transported, consumed. Um, we also use the same technology to make area monitors for safety purposes. So wherever hydrogen may be leaking into a room, like a control room, battery storage area, etc. Obviously, it's very important to detect hydrogen quickly and accurately. And the technology that we use is a solid state sensor that has a very long lifespan. So it's a very important ingredient in safety operations around hydrogen.
0: So you're measuring quantity and you're measuring Uh, for leak detection?
5: Correct. So we measure through online process analysis. So we can measure anywhere from zero to 100% hydrogen using our technology. And then using a slightly different form of that sensor, we can detect up to 5% hydrogen that may be leaking in air or oxygen.
0: Okay. But I actually recognize H2Scan from having some roots in another part of our energy industry.
5: Is that true? That's correct, so the company's about 20 years old, 21 years old, and we have a lot of business in the refinery and petrochemical world, which is ah, probably that makes where you would have run across us. Um, so, you know, those are industries that use enormous amounts of hydrogen, and in a lot of cases, there's, you know, there might, companies might be uh, detecting hydrogen in ways that are more expensive, and more complicated than using the H2Scan analyzer. The couple of our other big advantages, of course, are that we provide a real-time continuous measurement. So that's very critical in process analysis, and these oil and gas companies need to know what exactly what's happening in their stream. So the real-time continuous is a very valuable measurement that really no other technology can, can match.
0: Are you finding a, an easy switch or migration within your current customer base that stems from the refinery uh, space for those companies, those larger oil and gas companies that are expanding into renewable energy? Are you finding that it's a natural uh, fit for them to continue to leverage your solutions?
5: Yeah, very much so. I mean, they're going to provide energy in whatever form it takes, right? And so... They already have experience with us and experience with handling large volumes of hydrogen, measuring it, monitoring it, working with it safely. As they're transitioning into the hydrogen economy, it's very natural from their perspective to continue to do the same things. And our technology applies very much the same way that it does today for the petrochemical applications into their new applications. So we're able to support them every step of the way.
4: Ah.
0: What are you finding to be the most interesting thing whether it be eye-opening whether it be confirmation of some ideas and thoughts that you have had coming out of this conference
5: yeah well this has been this has been a great conference we talked to a lot of different companies and across all parts of the hydrogen economy and i think we, we sort of knew this and this this really confirms things for me i think which is it's still very much a wild west there's still a lot of unknowns Everybody knows they have to be doing something in this industry. It's going to it's going to really grow. There's no question about that. But exactly what it's going to look like one year from now, two years, five years from now is anybody's guess. And nobody even even the you know the huge Fortune 500 companies all the way down to smaller companies nobody really has a clear idea of what this future is going to look like. So, you know, from our perspective, we're we're happy to help and work with anybody and everybody we think we can play a key role in making this happen but exactly what the industry will look like in a few years time is anybody's bet.
0: yeah but it sounds like that that your your organization is uniquely poised to uh, wreak any benefits of this growing market right because you already have a foothold with experience and already in somewhat in this space
5: Yeah we'd like to think so uh, you know we've been producing this sensor for a long time very comfortable with how it works. Uh, companies, again, all the way up to Fortune, you know, call it Fortune 5 or Fortune 10 companies. There been, you go. Have been using our product for a long time and are happy yeah. with it and trust it. So we see that very much so that this same technology will roll right over into the hydrogen economy and help make that a reality. Well, I'm
0: certain that we're gonna see H2 scan for a very long time, whether it be in the hydrogen space or traditionally. I am thankful for you to be on the show to share your perspectives with us and what H2Scan
5: does. Great. Thank you. Thank you for your time.
0: Martin Canham is joining us now. He is the Chief Delivery Officer for Rev1 Energy. Martin, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you, Delfina.
0: So tell me, Martin, what does Rev1 Energy do?
6: Right. So Rev1 Energy is a specialist commissioning consultancy company
0: a specialist commissioning consulting company it elaborate is. please
6: right so we're here at the hydrogen north america conference and the strap line here is all about unlocking the potential for hydrogen
0: unlocking the potential for hydrogen and
6: what we have delphina we have three keys to unlocking that potential
0: ah three keys i like a man that's organized let's hear it indeed what the keys?
6: indeed so <laughs> the first the first key is effective construction management so what we can do as a company, we can come in and we can run the schedule. We can make sure that everything is on time and on budget during construction.
0: Do you, let me ask a question. Are you handed the construction schedule that you then execute against, or do you have a hand in creating that construction schedule? We
6: can, have, we can do both. We can okay. have a hand in it, but we, we essentially agree it with the client and once it's agreed, we make sure we deliver on those promises.
0: Ruthless execution.
6: Ruthless execution. That is the first key That's to unlocking key. potential.
0: All right, yes. where are the other two?
6: So the second key is commissioning on demand. So commissioning... What does that mean? Well, what that actually means is that a lot of people historically have looked at commissioning right at the end of the process. We don't believe in that. We believe in pulling that process right to the beginning of the design process and build in constructability into the design so that when we get to the end, we can commission it. It's quite simple.
0: It's quite simple, but you wouldn't be talking about it if everybody did
6: it. It's common sense, but not that common.
0: (laughs) Okay, the third. And the
6: third is operations excellence. So it's, uh, it's all about maintaining the plant and maintaining it effectively for the life of the plant.
0: So you're an organization, a company, that gets involved pretty much for... Almost the entire life cycle of the project.
6: Is right. Yes, that's right. Do
0: you have a project that you could tell my listeners about that might be fun and exciting?
6: Yes, without giving too much away, but we are into the new energy spaces. So we are into uh, dairy farms, we're into landfills, RNG, and also hydrogen in terms of mobile fueling and stationary fueling.
0: Well, does the mobile, fill, mobile filling and stationary filling a direct component of the value chain that starts with the... The
6: keys, the three keys.
0: Ah, that's not where I was going. Go on. Where I was going. Come on. Well, obviously it starts with the three keys. Right. It has to. Yes. Because that's what they're the three keys. But it, does it actually start with the, uh, the landfills? So, the technology that is being put in place to take the methane emissions off of landfills and to convert that into right, usable renewable right, fuel.
6: Right. They're all independent, but actually they could all str- string together.
0: Okay, but, but so they're all, all independent. Okay, so you, you don't care. No. All right. So, That's it's right. not like they have to commission you from the very beginning with the methane right. extraction from the landfill.
6: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Ah. They're all independent. All independent. Yeah.
0: And so what is the most exciting project that you
6: have worked on? The most exciting project we've worked on? Well, they're all exciting. One of the fundamental core principles of Rev1 is to look after the client. So we're very passionate about doing that. So, So really, if it's a offshore oil rig, which we do a lot of, major hey. operators. We do their shutdowns and turnarounds. That's very exciting projects. And um, I think that's probably one of the most rewarding because it's so difficult to do. Yes, it is. Yes.
0: You're you're talking to a 43-year oil industry.
6: Really? You didn't know that. No. Down to talk to me. Not at all.
0: I'm an offshore girl.
6: Really? I like it.
0: About to send my child offshore.
6: Really? It runs in the genes.
0: It really does. She'll be fourth generation. I like it. That's not what this podcast is about. Right. I got it. (laughs) So you're here at the Hydrogen Conference. Yes. And what drove you guys to come to the Hydrogen Conference?
6: Just new energies. There's been a natural journey from oil and gas, petrochemical, into new energies, into RNG, into hydrogen. It's just pivoting. We're doing the energy transition for our clients. So it's not all fossil. It's not all green. It's somewhere in between.
0: Are you finding that there is a natural follow-on of business that is coming from your existing Indeed. traditional, traditional clients?
6: Client-led, and as they went from pure fossil into new energies, we went down that path with them as well.
0: With the trust, because of the way that you handle your
6: clients, and exactly, the exactly. I love You've it. got the secret.
0: That's the fourth key. That's oh, we just came up with the a four fourth key. key right here Fantastic. on the show. <laughs> So if there's one thing that you want my listeners to know about either this conference or the future for hydrogen, what would it be? Words of wisdom from Martin Canham.
6: Okay. So it's very early. We know it's very early in the process, but let's keep it simple. Project execution is project execution. At the end of the day, there is a design phase, there is an engineering phase, there is a procurement phase, a commissioning phase, and, a commission, and, a, and an operations phase. So let's keep it simple. The technology will change, but the basic principles of project execution remain the same.
0: Beautifully said. Martin, thank you for joining us on the
6: ESG Energized podcast. Thank you so much. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network.
1: To learn more, go to OGGN.com.